Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 136 of Zach King's Therapy. Uh, me and Fong are going to go over uh, the Lakers versus Kings triple overtime extravaganza uh, that happened on Friday. Um, and yes, we did not record afterwards just because both of us were just so tired from watching that game. I'll be honest, at that uh, towards the end, I was saying, please, somebody just win. Like, I don't <laughs> I do not want this to go into triple OT and it went into triple OT. And then for the love of God, somebody gets some separation. And just so we don't have to get, watch quad OT. Yeah, I mean, it got to that point. And luckily, you know, we won against the Lakers, our longtime rivals. Okay, well, we're not going to talk too much about the first three quarters. It was a competitive game, kind of back and forth. Uh, At the end of the third, Russell Westbrook did kind of supercharge the uh, Lakers and actually, like, got them, I believe, a 10-point lead. Let me see. Oh, no, a five-point lead. And and to start the uh, quarter, to start the fourth quarter, they managed to, um, uh, what's it called? expand that lead i don't know why i couldn't think of that word they they expanded the lead to 73 or 86 73 so um the lakers or the kings were basically fighting from a hole and usually when they are fighting from a hole it's not a good thing they usually actually lose those games but they kept strong they they basically just fought back to really expose some of the lakers weaknesses and why like honestly you know, I know I'm not the biggest Lakers fan, and I might be biased here. Like, what they—they are—they don't look like a championship team to me. No, they—they do not. Like, especially their defense. It, it was—it was so random at most times, and their offense as well. Like, I felt like they had some good offensive possessions, and the rest of the time it's like either just give it to LeBron or have something happen with Westbrook it's just so random at times that you you are not confident with the Lakers sealing the game early on yeah well don't get me wrong like going to LeBron like is not a bad option at all Mm -hmm. but like yeah the problem is you have Westbrook you have AD you have uh I mean they have Malik Monk close the game and I forgot who the fourth guy was I think it's a mellow for stretches like there's quote unquote spacing, but there really isn't spacing. It's like, like the entire game, it was the, the Kings just kind of packed the paint, and the Lakers couldn't really take advantage all that well. And this is what's gonna probably hamstring them, like going forward. And you know, barring a trade, it's gonna be pretty ugly, I think. Yeah, I guess we shall see because so far I don't know why. Why? A lot of people are saying that uh, Frank Vogel's head is on the line. It's, you know, like we just went through a coaching change. And, you know, granted, Alvin is 2-1 and one now, which is terrific. But, like, both of us said at the time, like, <laughs> I mean, what was Luke Wallen supposed to do? Like, you have a very flawed roster for the most part, and he did what he could. And it, he can't control whether the players play hard and just play with full effort. Like, sometimes it's on the players. And, you know, you look at the Lakers roster, like, what is he supposed to do? Like, <laughs> we complained. We actually complained a little, or not complained, but like we pointed out, like, what in the hell is DeAndre Jordan doing out there? 
But then you think about it, like, the alternative is Dwight, and I don't remember Dwight doing anything this game. Yeah, surprisingly, and I kind of, I mean, if I were the Lakers, I would have probably put Dwight a little more into the game. But yeah, after that, it's like, who's who's even the third option uh, between those two? Yeah, and then, you know, you have AD who does not want to, who famously does not want to play the five, but they kind of have to just because, you know, spacing is a thing in the NBA, especially nowadays. Um, so yeah, they don't have much choice there. But let, let's uh, let's talk more about the game. Uh, we'll start with uh, De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox, uh, ha- like he looked like an absolute star this game. Like he had some ugly stretches. We'll get those out of the way first. Like there was one specific play that legitimately pissed me off and basically like al- almost made me like say the words, "Let's ship his ass out for Ben Simmons right now." Like there was a play, I believe, in the third quarter, where um, there was a there was a leak out by Malik Monk, and De'Aaron is like directly behind him. But all of a sudden, like he just kind of stops running, just kind of starts jogging, and just lets Malik get the dunk. And at that point, I was just fuming, of like, what is he doing out there? Like at least try to make a play, something, run back at least. But. Throughout the game, he was constantly attacking, constantly slashing, even with AD at the rim. Who he was, AD at the rim didn't deter him, and also like AD couldn't stop him for for the most part in the paint. And then, and then you get to his step back mid range. His mid range was on point this game. Yeah, he really. Oh man, him in the fourth, first overtime, second overtime, third overtime. It was pretty much mostly Fox that game. And oh man, his offense was something that we should see almost every single game from here on out, to be honest. Uh, and like you said, his defense, yeah, his he needs to step up that effort. Like even Buddy Heald, of all people, has more effort on defense uh, in transition than Darren Fox. And you know, him being a fast player he didn't seem too fast when it came to defense yeah it's always been a problem with him and i will defend buddy on this one buddy does try he just doesn't know what he's doing at all out there <laughs> in terms of like defensive awareness and positioning but like fox just made it all up with you know his offense like anytime the anytime the kings needed a bucket he was there to create something and get to the basket or like go to that mid-range again his free throw line jumper was on point this game mm-hmm. and yeah he hit big boy shots it was the return of fourth quarter um slash overtime fox like it was it was really nice to see and maybe this is finally a sign of him finally breaking out of the rut that he's been in possibly no, well, we shall see in tomorrow's game, I guess. Yeah. Um, Aliburn, like his his usual like play, just always out there making 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 or just doing stuff. Like it doesn't always show up in the box score. Like he ended up with what 19 points, um, nine assists, and five rebounds. Like he out he was out there, you know, diming it up. Although I will say, like some of his really nice passes, if it was if Rashawn was playing. Rashawn would have been able to finish those plays as opposed to, you know, having Alex Len and uh, Tristan Thompson out there. And mm-hmm. you know, we've got to mention um, Rashawn Holmes and uh, and Harrison, Harrison Barnes. Barnes were both out and uh, Mo Harkless didn't play, I believe, after the second quarter. 
I believe. No, he didn't play like basically in the second half of, with a knee with knee soreness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I mean, having Sean and Harrison uh, would have helped greatly, but uh, with what Harrison's going through right now, I don't know. It's kind of kind of on and off for him. It's it's very tricky with him. Yeah, and it's kind of like a weird question with this with this team because like. Yeah. Like I hate to ask a question, but like, does Harrison Barnes help in this situation? And is not a is not a knock on Harrison. For, but for whatever reason, this Kings team play does not maximize like their talent. And like sometimes, like you fill in, a, you put in Terrence Davis, who was not all that good this game. No. Like, but he did his job. And I assume, like, the the assumption is that Harrison Barnes would have done the same thing. He would have, you know, been able to guard LeBron very well and, you know, just fought out there and made plays. But I I can't say that for sure just because this team is so weird in terms of how they, again, kind of like don't utilize them. Like they don't, they're not the the sum better than the sum of their parts. I'll put it that way. Um, Back to Halliburton. Halliburton, like, again, like he's always just there. And he's always out there making plays. He had five threes this game, which was an added bonus. Again, as I mentioned, 19 points, which is big, but also like in triple overtime, like the Lakers or the Lakers get a stop. They they pass the ball to Malik Monk. Malik tries to pass it ahead, but Halliburton gets the steal and it essentially seals the game. And of course, we'll get to it a little bit later. But like, you know, they, they did not fully seal it. But that was basically the game saving play out there doing stuff you know oh yeah and do you want to guess how many assists and steals that he had this game or do you already check i well i have it here so yeah i have nine assists and i see a three i assume that's a steal a, a three i no, see like, a five. See, oh, you see five? Oh no nope, i'm looking at turnover sorry because i'm using the nba.com now and i'm not i'm not used to the the, oh. uh, the thing of how it's uh, structured yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I forgot to mention. Um, so Tyrese Halliburton plays 47 minutes this game, which is pretty insane. But guess what? Aaron Fox, 52 minutes and 42 seconds. That was an Iron Man performance by him. Although I, I will, I will say this. Hey, I hate to throw this shot at him, but like most of, the, like there was a lot of standing around for him. If he's not, <laughs> if he doesn't have the ball, he's in the corner, just kind of standing there, kind of like Harden does sometimes, but. Not, but he really he actually played 53 amazing minutes and Halliburton 47 minutes like that pretty insane of course triple overtime it's a bit more understandable but man that's a lot of minutes yeah I mean I mean this is probably a one and done deal hopefully I mean it's been a while since we had an overtime so we'll see his usual below 40 minutes now when was the last time we had an overtime actually because there was oh, a stat God. that james ham james ham threw out there the first this is the first triple overtime game that the kings have played since 2009 i actually don't remember i, I don't remember like... one last year oh gosh oh we'll switch it up later because yeah in recent memory i do not remember um yeah so and also um what's it called like the 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 lakers i believe this is their fourth uh overtime game and apparently they had not lost in overtime yet 
and yeah, there, here's their first L in overtime to a triple overtime. <laughs> um, okay, let's uh, let's get to Buddy Heel. Buddy, absolutely fucking terrible for the first four <laughs> quarters. Not the first three quarters, the first four quarters. He was bad. And, you know, Terrence Davis was not much better. Like, they they, sh- they kind of jacked a lot of threes. And don't get me wrong, Buddy was getting open threes too, and he was just not making them. He was kind of rushing it for whatever reason. It was absolutely terrible. There was a play where he was going to his right, or Terrence Davis, I believe, passes him. He jumps in the air to get the pass and immediately, like, fade away jacks it into a wedgie for, from three and that mm-hmm. basically summed up his entire game right there up until the overtimes and you know like let's not forget he was almost traded to the lakers like this offseason or last offseason and this was kind of a revenge game scenario for him and honestly th- this is how bad it looked like it looked like the lakers make the right decision going with westbrook because westbrook did have a good game Yes, he did. And, you know, <laughs> to be honest, I thought uh, we should have benched Buddy during those overtime ga- or overtime times because, man, yeah, those first four quarters, uh, along with Terrence Davis, were not pretty. And uh, he, he had some good shots, just, you know, it never went in. And, you know, of course, he had those usual Buddy shots that he thinks he would make it in. So this is the this is the stat that basically sums up the entirety of um, the entire being of Buddy Heald. Started the game, um, that mind you, first four quarters, three for 14, one for nine from three. Somehow ends the ends the game eight for 21 and three for 13 from from three. So if for those of you that don't want to do the math, he basically went five for seven, you know, in the overtimes and two four four from three and like let and just uh, let me just kind of quickly just like so one of the plays he had i remember you saying your heart sank when this happened was basically (laughs) when he took essentially a 20 uh, like a like a 28 footer where where basically malik monk kind of just went kind of just got stuck under not really a screen like he just kind of he just kind of went he just, for whatever reason, just got behind uh, some behind. I forgot who was screening, and gives up a 28-footer to to Buddy Heel, and he drills it, and that ties the game. Uh, Ad Ad comes back on the other end. Ad comes back on the other and gets a left-handed layup, gets fouled, but no call. But you know, fair enough, he made it. And then this was the part that really just confused me of what happened. Buddy Heel. Uh, it's basically they're basically running a play for De'Aaron Fox to come from the backcourt, like you know, full speed and just attack the rim. It does there. It doesn't. It doesn't happen. Uh, so Buddy Hill decides to take the ball against LeBron James of all people, and does a a really ugly one-footed uh, jump shot from about 16 feet. And I remember t- I remember saying that that's a terrible fucking shot. And before I could even finish the sentence, he makes it. In. Was yeah. just one of those kinds of games. He ties the game, goes to double OT, and he continues to basically make plays. Like he had in triple OT, he had a crucial steal on uh, on uh, Carmelo to basically give the Kings a teeny bit of a cushion. That ultimately they take advantage and they basically, uh, you know, one of the reasons why they won the game. But yes, just a wild, wild game from Buddy Hill. 
Yeah, I was real quiet after the, that first shot you mentioned and the shot over LeBron because I had no faith in Buddy, to be honest, <laughs> during the overtime. And man, oh man, he came through during the first and second overtime. Even in the third overtime, like he was just and like mind you, for much of the much of the overtimes, he was guarding Carmelo and Melo. Mm-hmm. They only went to Melo once in the post, and he and he actually guarded him well. Like, you know, credit to like these guys for just playing hard and being gritty. Like, like we don't have wing. We did not have a wing. We straight up did not have a wing this game because Bo mm-hmm. Harkless went out, and this this team somehow just fought just fought back and say, you know what? Maybe we don't need wings. Maybe maybe this is why yeah. you get 10,000 guards and 10,000 centers. And we'll get oh. to one guy later who somehow was able to somehow was able to guard LeBron James of all people. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so that that was basically kind of the summary of the game. Like it was just it, like that one shot over LeBron. I can I'll never get over it. The mechanics looked way off. Like he literally just flipped it up and it somehow went in. <laughs> It was just <laughs> over LeBron of all people. Like, man, that's that's yeah. It was just one of those kinds of games. And yes, for the first four quarters, absolutely terrible. But it's but you know sometimes I guess you just go into overtime and you finally find your rhythm. Shoot or shoot, and he was able to finally kind of break out of his rut in those extra periods. Yeah, it's just just amazing, <laughs> just amazing what happened. Okay, let's get to kind of the second part of the, probably the biggest surprise of the night, Marvin Bagley. Now remember, with like uh, just of just two games ago, we um, D'Lo and KC were were calling him Bike Man because there was a clip of him just riding the bike and just standing in the tunnel while the while the uh, Sixers game was happening, and the vibes just did not look good. It looked like he was you know ready to be traded at any point and just did not have any investment in the team. Oh, boom, like just uh, two games later, he's out here hitting crucial daggers and just like making plays out there and seemingly probably earned himself like a spot in the rotation, especially if, you know, um, Mo Harkless is going to be out and like Harrison Barnes is going to be out like there. There's there's a role. Um, there's a role in the rotation for him now. And this game, he was he was really good. So he was getting given like heavy fourth quarter minutes and basically played all of the three OTs. And you're, and you're probably thinking like, oh, maybe we just hide him on, I don't know, Russell Westbrook or someone or like hide him on some scrub out there. No, he's out here guarding LeBron James for pretty much <laughs> all of the fourth quarter or most of the fourth quarter in OT. And and once uh, Terrence Davis fouled out, he was he was the full time defender on him. And he did fine. He did pretty good on him. Yeah, I mean, he he did what he could do, pretty much. I mean, there was a couple fouls here and there, but you know, it's it's LeBron. He did what he could have done, and you know, he got some stops that led us to points too. Yeah, like he, I mean, like th- there were there was a stretch in the first overtime where basically LeBron, like when Le- it, it was what I call the Le- when, when LeBron wants to moment. Like he, they just cleared out the the right side for him and just went to the post up and he scored just about every time. Drew a foul. Like w- when LeBron wanted, when LeBron wanted in this game, like what I call it, like he had TD on him 
and he had Marvin on him when he wanted it. He 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 went to work and scored on these guys. But it looked like he kind of ran out of gas towards the end was kind of what happened because he went away from it. But as soon as like, you know, um, he took Marvin to the perimeter, Marvin was out there moving his feet. He was like he was like forcing him away from the screen, like going underneath the screen, like perfectly to get back in position. And it was just great to see him play with that level of energy and just, you know, compete out there. And yeah, like, it's, it's, I mean, of all the, of all the things that could have happened in this King season, Marvin Bagley being able to legitimately hold his own against LeBron would not have been one of the things I, I would have been, <laughs> you know, expecting. Yeah, I guess it's, it's real nice that Alvin has faith in Marvin because, you know, most of the fan base, I don't know. Uh, seems to have given up on him. I mean, I, I personally said that I pretty much have given up on him, but you know, hopefully his demeanor changes and you, uh, maybe he, he might be, uh, you know, staying a little while longer. I mean, winning cures all ills, right? And, <laughs> you know, he's been, he's been a huge, he was huge in the Portland game. He hit the dagger in the Portland game. And in this game, again, got the stops that the Kings needed to pull this game out. Like and also like let's not forget he had a he had a huge possession later on in the third OT where he got an and one a really random ass and one on Russ who just <laughs> grabbed him for some reason and then he had this uh, this incredible play where basically he looked like Draymond Green but you know a Draymond Green that could score like he it, um because Fox was so hot they started doubling Fox Fox gets it to um Marvin and kind of the um the short row area and. He, he t- tosses up a floater that basically ices the game. And, like, that was probably what Vlade Divac was hoping for when he drafted him. And, like, <laughs> that's the and that was kind of when, like, you know, Marvin might be figuring something out here. Like, and if Fox can, if Fox and Halliburton can actually kind of get teams to double him that way, like, you now you have a 6'10 very fluid athlete going to the rim. And that could actually, like, you know, you know, shoot a floater or go strong to the rim and absolutely end someone's life. Like, there might be something there. And yeah, he made, he really did come out and just play hard, played his role, didn't force anything, and made big plays out of it. Yeah, can't can't wait to see him in the future. And hopefully, I don't know. To be honest, I'm still a little mixed if whether or not we should trade him or not because I don't know how much we'll be spending on him. I mean, I imagine like his stock has gone up a little bit. If the value is right, like you know, if we're just getting like second rounders or like some some scrub, like um like the Detroit the the, the Detroit deal, like it, mm-hmm. I almost wouldn't do do it for that anymore. Like, it's yeah. Just, it's like you're getting two guys who probably don't aren't gonna play like in Trey was it Trey Lyles I believe and uh, Amadou Diallo like I don't think they're gonna play that much like he, he still is talent and like this game it showed that there might be something there like it you know we've been saying like he's a he's he's probably gonna be a very good player for many years it's probably not going to be here in Sacramento but if he can get this kind of consistent kind of minutes rotation and if he's able to actually be able to you know guard LeBron James in, in crunch time there's something there although I do worry about because like his on-ball defense you know seems to be fine for the most part there was actually 
a possession where he guarded THT really well as well. Like I think in the fourth or th- third or fourth quarter, I don't remember. Like his on-ball defense looks like it could be fine. It's the off-ball, the the help defense stuff that I'm worried about, and I need to see more from him on that on that end. Oh yeah, well we shall see. Um, just quickly shout out the other players. Metu Metu kind of did his thing. Like didn't shoot well, and in fact really didn't do much. But like he provided good energy out there, and the team rebounding for this game was terrific. Like. That, like of course there were stretches where like the t- the Lakers just got the offensive rebound, but also stretches where the Kings got every offensive rebound. Mm-hmm. But, like there was a concerted effort like to get to like team rebound, and Metu was a big part of that. Like he he's out there just providing energy, snatching rebounds like with you know over over guys and making sure that the other team doesn't get a second chance. Like Metu did his job in this game. Oh yeah, well for sure. Um, TD, uh, as we mentioned, uh, did basically just did what he could <laughs> against LeBron. Like LeBron is like six inches taller than him and much stronger. And again, like when LeBron wanted it, he absolutely demolished TD. But TD was enough of a, enough of a deter- deterrent, like to make LeBron think about it just a little bit more. It kind of dissuaded him from attacking him every time. But and so yeah, he did his job. He was awful from three, but he did hit a huge step back three in the fourth quarter that kind of brought the Kings back. So we'll give him some buff for that. Oh yeah, gave us a little back of hope. Yeah, and Davion more or less like didn't do that much this game, but like he did his thing against like THT. But like this is kind of a weird thing to say because the Lakers do have Westbrook. They don't have ball dominant guards on their team. You're you're not gonna put Davion on LeBron. That just doesn't seem to be a thing that the uh, you know Alvin's crazy enough to try. And Westbrook, like you know, with all his faults, he seems to be understand how to attack a guy like Davion. You go into the post, so because he is six four and he is very strong, and you know he posted him up. He, he had some success, but Davion more or less held his own. But I don't really remember any you know signature Davion torture chamber moments. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Alex Len was pretty much terrific throughout. There was a three that he hit in the fourth quarter that gave the Kings the lead. That is very reminiscent of the Suns game. The Suns game, of course, that one I felt hurt the Suns so much more just because they drafted Len. But like that three that he hit um, when I forgot who was guarding, but they sagged off of him and he hit it was one of the biggest fuck you moments I've ever I've ever like seen. Just, OK, you're going to sag off me. Well, I can't shoot. You, you want to play this game? OK, I think so. Yeah, it was just Alex Len did his job, protected the rim well enough, although like against A.D., like he did what he could. And he oh, forced yeah. just enough misses for the Kings to pull out this game. And he also fouled out along with TD just because, you know, playing against AD, playing against LeBron, you're going to get calls called on you. And they just they didn't get any love from the refs. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And Tristan Thompson, like, came in and provided, you know, toughness and, you know, a, 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 you know some rebounding and, you know, just played with good energy. You know, like he th- that's the kind of thing he does bring. Like he just brings a level of toughness at that center position to just kind of like basically to let the to let to let the other team know like there is one there is an enforcer out there that if you're gonna try some shit you're gonna you're gonna have to answer to him although he didn't have to actually like do that this game thank God 
but like you know he he does pr- he does have a role like off the bench especially mm-hmm. since Rashawn wasn't playing oh yeah it's also a little too bad that we didn't see too much Damian Jones I guess I kind of understand why but you know uh, to you know split some minutes and you know uh, split the fouls uh, a little apart and uh, maybe we could have seen a little more when I was actually hoping for them to put in Damian Jones when Alex Len fouled out, but I, I get why they put in uh, Tristan Thompson, like a vet who's not going to make as many mistakes and, you know, like just knows what he's doing out there. And, you know, like the Kings could always use a guy who knows what he's doing. Oh, yeah. Okay, quickly, just kind of jump to the Lakers. Uh, Lakers, like, for Le- let's start with LeBron. Um, so, for the most part, Le- LeBron was his usual self. Just, you know, like, there were just moments where, like, you just see, like, he's probably still the best player in the league to a certain degree. Moments, of course. But, like, you know, overall, like, when he, again, when he wanted it, like, you're getting, you're being guarded by Terrence Davis. You're being guard- guarded by Marvin Bagley. Like, these guys are, you know, like Terrence Davis is a better defender. He's not exactly barbecue chicken. But like Marvin Bagley is pretty much a prime barbecue chicken candidate. And when he wanted it, he scored on these guys at will. But it just doesn't seem like he has like his legs as much anymore and just doesn't seem to want to go to it as much anymore. Like and so, you know, it's like again, if he's not, you know, 2018 LeBron or, you know, some version of like 2016 LeBron it's gonna be tough for me to see them win the championship but like there he had moments of this game where he absolutely dominated was the was the master out there on you know, on the court yeah I mean it, I feel like he is really showing his age especially you know playing uh, you know a lot of minutes especially during the overtime because they really wanted LeBron to close out the game and you know win it for the Lakers but you know he hasn't really hit many of those like primetime shots in quite a while and you mentioned he had a very Buddy Heald-esque stat line although I I think that's a bit unfair but he did shoot Mm. two for 13 from three like yeah he shot a lot of threes and it, it just it just wasn't there this game and you know it's just one of those things again that's what I mean when he wants it like when he wanted it, he could have gone to the rim and absolutely just demolished the, the Kings for the most part, like his primary defender anyway. And yeah, it's just he, it, I guess he's just saving it for the playoffs. He's not like that worried about going ball balls to the wall in the regular season. He just simply doesn't have those legs anymore. But like the other part of it, the other part of the kind of like not going uh, balls to the wall, like his defense was pretty, uh, let's just say pretty lackadaisical. Like, just not very intense on that end. Like, there were multiple times where, like, you know, he's there. He's in position. So, like, for, like, when the uh, when the penetrate, when the ball handler passes to the roll man. Like, he's there in position, but he won't do anything and just lets the guy lay it in or dunk the ball. Like, playoff LeBron swipes the, swipes the ball out of the roll man's hands and, you know, it starts a fast break on the other end just doesn't seem to like it's it's the regular season and uh, you know no no shade to the kings it is the kings like you don't really need to go balls to the wall for the most part but it wasn't it was very noticeable like some of his defensive plays he just 
wasn't really like locked in on that end. Oh no, yeah. I mean, like you said, it's it's not if it's not the playoffs, he's not gonna do much, especially yeah against the Kings, which we are good. <laughs> like we haven't been good to be honest. Yeah. Um. Ad. Um. Was just kind of there for the most part like he's still kind of like hit him at his best is when he's being set up by by a penetrator of some by a ball handler and he had his moments of like just you know looking absolutely unstoppable but like as soon as they go to kind of iso offense for ad not a great look like although i will say there were multiple like shots that he had in like the fourth quarter and overtime where it just went in and out so it just kind of wasn't his game like he's just, he's just not the dominant guy that you would think he is um and you know he, he was just kind of there and then his defense was hit or miss to say the least he had a pretty mean block on terrence davis when terrence davis for whatever reason tried to dunk on him but like but like fox lit his ass up this game <laughs> oh yeah i mean most of his sh- like good shots were really set up by LeBron, which man, he had some. LeBron had some great passes to AD uh, within the paint, and uh, yeah, other than that, his mid range isn't too great. Uh, he was zero for five from the free, which you know, haven't really seen him do much since his uh, Pelicans days. But yeah, I mean, if there's no LeBron helping him, I don't know what else he could do. Yeah, he's just not that. He's just not the man. Like he, his his best, like his best skill is being the number two, and he's mm-hmm. a, he is probably the greatest number two option of all time. Like, there's almost no debate there. But like, as a number one option, he's very mediocre. He's mm-hmm. just, he's just not a guy that carries a team. And there were stretches like if he wasn't just he just wasn't doing anything, honestly. Like, <laughs> despite being, you know, AD, like. He's a foul drawing machine, an absolute dominant big man, and yeah, he's just. There are just moments where he just doesn't enforce his will, and like, you know, some some of the blocks are nice, but again, like his help defense is actually pretty, pretty, like, it's not bad, but like there are moments where you're just like, this is the defensive player of the year. Like, of course, the the talent is there, the on ball, like the luxury of having him switch onto Fox. And actually doing decent there is an incredible luxury. They don't really have the defenders, you know, the great on-ball defenders all around him anymore. So it's tricky for him to actually be the defensive player of the year anymore. But there was just like moments of just like, he, you're right there. Why don't you go and block that? Like you, you should know uh, when to block that. And, you know, I hate to do this, but like, you know, people compare him to KG all the time. KG would have been there. <laughs> and it's just and hell Draymond Green would have been there and mm-hmm. he's just not there for whatever reason yeah maybe he has the same mentality as LeBron so I guess we'll see till the playoffs come I will say LeBron gets to say that not AD <laughs> I'm sorry I know they want to ring together but like we all acknowledge like LeBron was the best player on that team and LeBron has had the track record of being able to do this Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis, not so much. And you know, unfortunately, last year he got he he got hurt. But like, it's just one of those things. I just don't think he's earned it. Mm, I see. 
Um, Russ, I'm not going to talk about him too much. He was actually really good this game. Like, his jumper was actually pretty on. There were, what was he? He was two for four from three, which is really good for him. And, like, the threes that you gave up to him, like, you know what? Give it to him. He's hitting him this game. And, but also, he was just make out there making plays. Like, you know, I'll just say this. Like, he wasn't the reason why they lost this game. I'll just say that. No, most definitely not. He... He definitely probably had one of the best games I've seen him in the Lakers uniform, <laughs> to be honest. Like, triple-double, which, I mean, sure. Yay, <laughs> yeah. good job, good job. But, yeah, he he drew some fouls. He definitely, like, penetrated to the rim pretty well against us. I mean, we we really didn't, what, Trimacott defend him that well, to be honest. And to be honest, as well, I didn't really see too many, uh, like, Russ-esque kind of plays from him. Only really one Russ-esque play where he, I, I believe he airballed uh, during the first or second quarter. So uh, the one Russ play that I remember was, like, he drew, he, he was on a fast break, gets a wide oh. open layup, and somehow misses it. And yeah. It's just one of those things that where he's just... I don't know if it's his legs or whatever, or just he's going too fast. But, like, again, he was overall good. Like, he's not the reason why they lost this game at all. And, you know, people criticize him, I feel, a little bit too much, me included. Like, you know, I don't watch every Lakers game, but, like, there are so many clips of him just doing, you know, stupid shit. But, like, this was not one of those games. He was really good. And, you know, it's unfortunate that, you know, he couldn't carry them, you know, across the finishing line. Yeah. I mean, I would consider him one like probably one of the best uh, what you call it players on the team that day. And uh, yeah, I would have considered uh, Russell uh, being one of the best players uh, in that game that day. And he did play like the most minutes out of all the Lakers too. Yeah, fifty-one minutes just behind Mr. Fox, like. He is a bit of an Iron Man, and you know, you know, like it or not, like that's one of the reasons why they got him. Like he is, he is like that guy who will go balls to the wall. You know, for better, for, whether that helps you win or not is a whole other discussion. But mm-hmm. like, he, there is a reason why they went after him, and you know, he kind of showed this game. Like he, he probably has a place. Like that, there's a reason why they traded for him and you know gives you a bit of optimism that it might work or in this case like you know why for the kings like why it might not work um because i still don't i still don't like the fit it, again like one of the reasons why when any of these three any of the three stars posted up like they had no space to go to go to the rim <laughs> no no they do not um, I'll just quickly, I'll just quickly talk about this. DeAndre Jordan was just terrible. I like, I know that like he's there, like just because AD doesn't want to play the five, and I guess they're not comfortable starting Dwight. They they probably just need to start Dwight because he is DeAndre Jordan was terrible. Like he couldn't catch the ball on defense. I don't know what the hell he was doing out there, and it's just like it, I'm surprised he got only ten minutes. It felt like thirty to a certain degree and like he was so bad out there yeah i mean he had there was a couple times where like lebron tried to make something from him and he just didn't look his way yeah <laughs> didn't really uh 
was doing sadly and uh yeah pretty much benched him for actually no what am i saying he, he played a decent bit oh, yeah, no, never mind. T- 10 minutes on my screen but like i'm surprised he got 10 minutes out there just honestly yeah. like if i were the Lakers, just start dwight i guess i guess they want like a like you know a better like someone who's better coming off the bench just so like because like ad and lebron can kind of like cover up for deandre's mistakes and you you know like when they go to the bench unit like dwight can kind of hold his own but like i think dwight should probably get more minutes although he did get more minutes this game yeah man he only had one rebound deandre yeah so it's like he's not playing defense he's not really helping you on offense at all like can't catch the ball anymore is how bad it's gone like i don't know like i i don't think you can actually play him like literally (laughs) yeah i guess so um dwight wasn't exactly much better i know i just advocated for probably him playing more but like what did he even do out there? <laughs> I don't remember. I just remember him like fouling uh, Alex Len and acting like he didn't do it. Like I, I, that, I don't know why he's out there. <laughs> Honestly, well, I know why he's out there, but it's like the, the Lakers don't have many options in terms of the center rotation if AD doesn't want to play there. I mean, yeah, between the DeAndre and Dwight, I mean, yeah, really, what 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 would you choose? I and I would have chosen Dwight too, but. Yeah, sadly, didn't see that much from him. Yo, I'm looking at the roster. I totally forgot Ken Bazemore's on this team. Yeah, and you know what happened to Rondo too? I I, I expected him to play a little uh, behind uh, uh, Russell. Yeah, I guess because like Taylor Horton Tucker is back, like they want to give him run. And I guess the, I mean they went with Malik Monk a lot this game, which was yeah. shocking. And Wade Anderson didn't play that much, huh? Like they they really went with Malik Monk. I don't know why, but like Rondo is a guy that kind of kills the kind of kills the uh, kind of kills the Kings a little bit because he knows how to dissect defensive weaknesses. And I I don't know. I guess that's maybe that's one of the frustrations with Frank Vogel. He has it, it's it's a thing with all coaches. They have their their ways, and they're not willing to evolve from it too much. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, anyways, uh, let, let's keep moving on. Let's let's yeah, because this uh, this episode's run pretty long. Oh, yeah. um, Malik Monk, as as mentioned, he was fine for the most part. Like he hit a lot. He hit quite a few threes, and it just seems like he gets a career game every time he plays the Kings. There's there's definitely something something brewing with him and the Kings. Like he was going at like he was just like talking trash to like basically everyone, and he was constantly just trying to be annoying. You know, like one of those guys that like, let's just say like there's a foul and like he'll poke the ball out of your out of your hand, like just little shit like that. Just d- trying to be annoying. But <laughs> he also kind of killed, killed the Lakers because his defense is uh, not good. Yeah. And you have mentioned, yeah, Fox really went after him really did especially during the overtime times which i i don't know i mean who else can uh guard fox during those t- like crucial minutes i mean like so in the preseason i remember like seeing that lebron was the one guarding fox and i'm like that's where they're at that's the most <laughs> like lebron's a good defender it's just yeah. you don't want him guarding fox and wearing himself out but like yeah. that's where they're at they don't have perimeter guys anymore like, I mean, this is the this is the reason why people criticize him for the Caruso move. Like, 
why did you why did you just let him go like and also one of the reasons why the rust trade i felt was so bad they had to give up kcp in that deal mm-hmm. if, if you went with buddy heel you don't give up kcp at least you have some semblance of perimeter defense like it's just malik Monk was just like he, yeah as you said as you said like De'Aaron, like one for one of the rare moments like they the king smelled barbecue chicken and like you know he just blew by him at will and just yeah it was they had to actually bring in avery bradley for a few minutes just to kind of quell the quell the lakers or the kings's run a little bit like it's not good like granted he, he does provide offense but like and he is he, i didn't know he was this bad on defense yeah but you know in terms of offense he was definitely could have been a king's killer this game because he went off in threes 20 points like you know which i assume is pretty rare for malik especially on the lakers since he i don't think he gets that many minutes is why and you understand why like defense is just problematic Mm -hmm. well he did play pretty much most of the overtime so they really believed in him uh you know creating something for them in the offense and i this is me like you know i love i love casey uh, from d-lo and casey this type of players that he loves he loves malik monk like it's oh. it's one of those things where like first of all it's a small guard why do we need the small guard and it's one it's also a player that that is has like that is very good on offense a very creative player doesn't play a lick of defense and it's like that's <laughs> i'm like and i've just found this pattern is like that's the kind of players he likes because he hates ben simmons does not want ben simmons on this team and you know, because he quote unquote can't score in the fourth so what are you going to do with a player like that I, i'm just saying like there's a certain type of player that kc likes that i'm just like eh, i get i get the appeal I, i'm not the biggest fan yeah at this point in time we do not need uh movie or you know any more guards in general we need Big men, big men in our team. We're not big men. Wings. We need wings. wings. Mm, yeah, chicken wings. Look, look. If you guys still want Buddy Heal, like, give, give us Taylor Horton Tucker. <laughs> Taylor Horton Tucker. I'm more than willing to give Taylor Horton Tucker. But, uh, mm. oh, dude, I want to shout him Malik Monk. His 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 Twitter profile is him in an Akatsuki cloak. That, that's actually pretty cool. Oh, oh, that's pretty cool. Um, last guy, quickly talk about him. Uh, Mello had some really good stretches of nailing shots, but he really kind of disappeared like in the overtimes. And part of it is just because he doesn't, he's not a guy that can create a shot anymore. And this is one of the things I want to give Buddy Heal credit for. He, they went to Mello in the post for a possession, and Buddy Heal actually did a pretty good job on him and actually got a stop. Like, you know. It's just one of those things where, like, the Lakers don't have two-way guys. They have one-way guys. And when the one-way guys aren't producing, it really hurts them. And Melo was not producing down the stretch. It basically did nothing. Had one wide-open three that he missed, and that was about it. Yeah, another another Kings killer that could have, you know, went off on us. But luckily, just, just luckily, man. Yeah, now I remember Lakers really we just got lucky and most of their shots uh, being pretty much in and out or even close to you know them not scoring or whatever i remember there was a there was a stretch i think in the third quarter or like the second quarter where like they passed the ball around the perimeter 
and like each like i swear to god like every single one of them i'm like okay let him shoot let him shoot let him shoot oh no it's carmelo oh no don't let him <laughs> yeah. shoot and he shoots it and nails it like he's a he has found himself a role and he i love you know you gotta respect him for you know buying into his role kind of like learning his limitations now but like yeah he he's a he's a one-way player now and uh, honestly he's always been a one-way player like he's you know when he's not out there scoring he's not doing much out there for you and if i remember right he did kind of get benched like i think in one of the one of the ot's it's because you know he wasn't again wasn't doing much out there and you know was not doing was not doing anything for you on defense for sure yeah i believe that was during the time when avery bradley came in but i mean like he, he barely stayed in that long either yeah okay well that was a long long episode of kind of like how this was a long long game um yeah so this was a very enjoyable game although not gonna lie i was ready to call quits by the third ot i just wanted somebody to win <laughs> yeah <laughs> almost almost said like you know what if the lakers win i don't care anymore yeah i literally didn't eat dinner just to watch this whole game and didn't expect an extra three five minute quarters uh to you know end the night here and i told you to go eat too i wanted to see the end <laughs> i wanted to see what happens because yeah at that point didn't really care who won but you know winning against the lakers is always a plus in the king's book it definitely is and yeah uh, the fact that we actually edged them out in triple overtime no less to to actually grind out this game like there's something there like maybe this is something that the kings can build off of and you know we'll see um the kings next game is at memphis um, so it's just been reported. John Moran will be out. Rashawn Holmes will also be out. Harrison Barnes is doubtful and Harkless is questionable. Ooh, I, I feel like that's a pretty good trade off, to be honest. I, although I will say things have a habit of just kind of letting go of the rope a little bit when they don't have that, when, you know, stars get injured and they play down to the competition. And I don't know if this is a good thing or not. Know? like they just came off of a tough game against the lakers maybe that kind of hardens them a little bit to kind of like kind of tell woke them up a little bit because one guy that i thought like really woke up was De'Aaron fox and you know unfortunately john moran's not there to motivate him but like i want to see a big game from him yeah we shall see i guess and that's tomorrow right at 3 30 shoot 3 p.m. I believe. Let me. Check. 3 p.m. Uh, it is. Let's see. Uh, 6 p.m. Eastern. So yes, 3 p.m. Pacific time. Mm-hmm. Yes, for That's... those of you wondering, yes, we are on Pacific time. <laughs> I wonder why. So uh, yeah, we'll see how that game turns out. I'm actually, I'm not excited to watch the game. That that team without uh without John Morant is one basically it's a bunch of it's a bunch of kind of like you know it's kind of the um draft twitter's wet dream there's so many young guys that you could that you could root for of like to get more minutes is basically how i describe that team and, you know um i mean i'm excited to watch the kings but without uh, john moran the grizzlies are not a very interesting team at all 
I mean, there is two people that I'm afraid of, maybe three, and that's Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson, and uh, Xavier Tillman. <laughs> For some reason, uh, out of those our- three, I am I'm not that afraid of Dylan Brooks because we do have Davion now, and Dave, okay, and yeah. you can put Davion on Dylan Brooks, and you can probably like limit him if not shut him down. Yeah, because I those opinion. those uh, those few players and. Wait, is Zaire playing actually? Zaire, I believe, is. Oh, okay. But, uh, you know, between the three players I mentioned, uh, yeah, last year wasn't too pretty when uh, they played against us. Yeah, unfortunately, we lost all three against them. You know, the crucial one. You know, we, we basically got eliminated afterwards. Um, you know, that was a Justin James game. I really do miss that man. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully this hopefully this year is a little different. Hopefully we can um hopefully we can kind of bounce back from last year against the Grizzlies and you know honestly just get back on the, in our winning ways. This this season is not over. And maybe the, again, we just beat a you know a, what we a, what many consider a a perennial Western Conference playoff team. And yeah, like that's something you can build off of. Yeah, I guess we shall see. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to this very long episode. Um, and hopefully you guys enjoyed the game as much as we did. We actually did enjoy the game, despite what we've said. It's just, it was just we wanted to do other things. Yeah. <laughs> and not I mean, stay up till 11 to finish the game. It took me until like 12 to finish up the draft for this episode. Yeah. I mean, not only was it full overtime, it was the late. It was a late game. Uh, being starting at 7 30 Pacific. So, yeah, luckily things, uh, you know, panned out and, you know, Kings get a win. Yeah, I, I can't Im- like Worldwide Wob was complaining on, on, in, on the East Coast because he's in New York. I was just like, can this game please end? <laughs> you know what? For us Kings fans over here, it was a great game, albeit a bit long, but. You know, all, all the more sweet that we got the W. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, again, thank you guys for listening to this episode. Uh, we'll be coming back to you probably, yeah, after the uh, Grizzlies game because it is at three and probably ends at around five thirty. So we'll have plenty of time to record. Oh yeah. Well, we'll see you guys later.